Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's my show. Hey. Put a little bit. I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey. Put a little Put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> On WGR Sports Radio 550. Yes, happy Friday. Now that the Super Bowl is behind us, right to the draft. The Senior Bowl happened. The Combine is coming. And this show never puts this off, this subject, the draft. We, Ooh, no. we, we get right into it. Yeah. Well, that's uh, we had a lot of practice in the drought years. Oh, well, I mean, that's the one thing that was good with the drought years was you're picking in the top ten. And we're right on top of the draft in November. That's right. The draft <laughs> discourse doesn't wait for the Super Bowl or even the playoffs. Right. With us now on the West Her Hotline is Ryan Fowler, NFL draft analyst for Bleacher Report and the Draft Network. Ryan, Mike, and Chris here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on, fellas. You got it. What are a couple of your sort of overall uh, thoughts on this draft? Where is it strong? Where is it weak? What what is like the most interesting thing or two about it for you? Yeah, I'm really interested in this draft class. I think from from day one to day three, there is a lot of value and a lot of spots. I think when you hear a lot of people talk about the linebacker group with Barrett Carter from Clemson or Danny Stutzman from Oklahoma going back to school, it it hurt the group. For me, it really didn't. I think there's going to be value to be found there all three days. I think the the talk around the offensive tackle class, right, is has been really a narrative for the last three, four months, and that's going to continue on as we get closer to the combine and towards April because the guys you can find not just in the top 15, 20 picks, but guys you can find in the third round, fourth round, I think are going to be able to guys that come in and compete and start. So I think the narrative around the offensive tackles is obviously going to be overwhelming. Of course, the quarterbacks, receivers are always going to get a ton of attention. But I think some of the lesser talked about positional group guys, like linebacker or even some the nickel guys at corner, like a Jerry and Jones from Florida State or a Shaw Smith Wade from Washington State, or just a couple of positional groups and a couple of names that I think are a little bit underrated here as we get into the thick of things post-Super post Bowl. Do you take some degree of professional pride in talking up the positions that don't get talked up as much? I, I'm not insinuating anything by asking that. I just – I know how we do it. Like, we'll talk to, I don't know, 20 or more people like yourself between now and the end of April, and it's the – receiver, 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 Bills needs. And even though the Bills don't need a quarterback, the quarterbacks are always interesting to talk about. And, like, that dominates the conversation. And that's like, oh, yeah, what else do you like? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I mean, if I trust a positional group and I trust the skill sets that, that I see that I like, and I think you look at specifically, as I mentioned, linebacker earlier and how the position has continued to evolve in today's game to where the only two defenses in the NFL that deploy two linebackers and their base personnel are out in San Fran and in Baltimore to where you see a lot of teams just one guy in the middle of the field. And you got to have different type of athletes to do that. And I think in this class, when you look at a – Edrin Cooper from a Texas A&M and a Peyton Wilson from an NC State or a Junior Colson from Michigan, who I guys, I flat out would not be surprised if that kid is potentially LB1 in this class. Um, I just think it's a positional group that, look, you look at a guys that be able to counter the run, flip their hips and carry tight ends as far as how offenses want to attack these teams nowadays. If I like a positional group and more than others, and I'm absolutely fine with that and I trust what I see, uh, I'm going to speak on it as well. With Ryan Fowler of Bleacher Report and the Draft Network, so Ryan, I think Bulldog might have mentioned it. Like the, the Bills to us seem like a team that maybe it's even been too long with drafting a receiver. You know, even on day two hasn't happened, but also day one. And it sounds like it's a good year for them to need one or to do that. Even late in round one, you've got Harrison and a couple close to comparables that probably go, it seems, maybe top ten. And then what happens after that? If that's not how you see it, I hope you'll tell us. But what do you think happens from Odunze down in round one? Yeah, I think it's – I know we talk so much about Marvin Harrison, and he's going to be this all-world, all-superstar, everything. And I'm not ready to anoint the kid and give him a gold jacket just yet. He hasn't stepped on NFL-branded turf just yet. We'll see where he lands because everything correlates at the NFL level. I think he's a hell of a talent. and I, He's a top player in the class for me. It's not Caleb Williams. And it's not Drake May. It is Marvin Harrison. Right. But when you look back further into this wide receiver class post-Rome and post-Malik Neighbors, I think it's where it's going to be where teams begin to trust their boards and trust what they see on film and what they see with their eyes. With a guy, for example, like Xavier Leggett from South Carolina that had a heck of a season this past year with Spencer Rattler of South Carolina and then comes down to the Senior Bowl. And some opinions were mixed on him. But to see the guy live, he's rocked up. He can run every route. He can be a guy yards after the catch. He can be a further extension of the run game. When I look at this Bills offense and now what you're going to do with, with Joe Brady as far as I want three-level threats to potentially take eyes off of not just Stephon Diggs, which has been a conversation for a long time, but now Dalton Kincaid over the middle of the field, I think of a guy like Xavier Leggett, or I think of a guy further into round two like a Roman Wilson from Michigan where Leggett and Wilson are different body types, different skill sets, but they are just flat out good ball players. And I think there has to be an appreciation for those guys because, and as you guys know this, a lot of teams in the NFL have their height, weight, speed thresholds that a lot of guys have to meet. And if they don't meet them, they're not going to draft them. But you have to have an appreciation of a guy's a flat out good football player. And I think for the Bills perspective of getting a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three into this offense to replace, if you will, Gabe Davis's ability to be that versatile, that versatile piece, be an extension of the run game, be physical as a blocker on the outside. You don't have to be a big guy to be a blocker. It's an effort thing on the perimeter. And I think Leggett will do that. I think Roman Wilson will do that. I think if you get deeper in the draft with a Malik Washington from Virginia or a Jamari Thrash from Louisville, all of those guys could come into this offense, and I wouldn't be mad at all if I came into that offense not Josh Allen me throwing the football potentially four or five times a game. All that said, how many receivers do you think after that top group will end up going in the first round? Is Leggett one of them? I personally have Leggett in the first round, yes. I think the Bills are a great spot there. I think 
going to even Philadelphia as their wide receiver three would be a great spot. I think at the end of the first round to Kansas City. Now, I know a lot of people wouldn't want to hear that and give another weapon to Patrick Mahomes, especially in Buffalo, but I think that's a good spot for him. But for me, I think Marvin will go Malik, Rome. I think Keon Coleman will go in the first round. And then there's that mix of will Brian Thomas sneak in. I know it's been a popular pick for the Bills for a long time. Me personally, I think there's some small nuances in Brian Thomas's game and how he separates off the line of scrimmage as a guy that can win east-west, not just north-south, and press vertical. There's some concerns for him and his game from me. But I think there's at least, I'll say, four or five right now that will go round one. Bulldog's been telling me about Keon Coleman. Like He calls me at 11 at night. With a take. <laughs> you got to see this play. Uh, but lately has cooled because, I mean, you should say it, more and more people seem to be waving red flags when it comes to Coleman or his game. Anyway, um, maybe you, Ryan, will talk Bulldog back into it, this idea. Yeah, uh, I think when you turn on Keon Coleman's tape, and I'll, I'll be the first one to say it, um, you know, when he goes over the middle of the field at 6'4, 210 plus pounds, um, you don't want to see him shy away from contact. You want to be that wide receiver, one that X. I want you to get the ball over the middle field. Now, and there's not going to be every time where you go across the middle and it's a perfect throw and you be able to come down and get your feet under you and get yards after the catch. You're going to take shots at the NFL level over the middle of the field. Now, I think some people, that's the biggest thing that comes into it. And some people call Keon Coleman the worst word, and that's soft, over the middle of the field. And you don't want to be called that if you're an NFL ball player. I don't see that at all, guys. I think when you're 6'4", 215, you're going to run low 4'4s. First off, you're not going to last long on boards. And I think you look at the... High floor, high ceiling combo of Keon Coleman, as well as in an offense in Buffalo to where it's not going to have, he's not going to have the attention on him from day one that Stefan will draw to where he'll face a CB2 and maybe a bracketed safety over the top, which is ultimately going to open other areas for other guys. So I think he is a round one guy. Um, he's not a perfect prospect. I don't think anybody in this class is a perfect prospect where you just can't miss on this guy. But the height, weight, speed, the hands, the 50-50 contested catches, look, everyone wants to talk about that and in the red zone, the basketball background, that's all there. But the ability to be a nuanced route runner, the ability to box guys out, not just in the back end of the red zone, but maybe the front side of the end zone, be that physical threat to just overpower people when you have to, I think those are the smaller things I want to see more of in Keon Coleman's game, guys, and I think I could see that in Buffalo and see him thrive as that wide receiver 1A, if you will, to Stephon Diggs. I, I am I- I intrigued by him as a prospect, but a part of my cooling, like Mike alludes to here uh, on Coleman, is that I, I think the Bills are in a spot here where they need someone as ready-made as possible. Um, and that, that I know that's maybe a dangerous thing to be thinking going into a draft because it's a long, you know, you, you're, you're drafting a guy not just for the 2024 season. And I know that, uh, obviously, but at the same time, the Bills are in a contention window here with Josh Allen, and I don't know that I have – I might regret it because he might end up being the best guy in the whole class after he completely develops all his other skill sets, but I feel like other guys might outrank him at this point. No, I agree, I agree with you. I think you the conversation between a guy like Keon Coleman from Florida State and a guy like Adonai Mitchell from Texas is going to be really fun to watch here over these next few months and how boards shake out because – that's really going to be the comparison, the parallels that a lot of people try to draw as far as am I going to sell myself on Keon in the first round, late first round, or is he going to slip, or am I going to prioritize a guy like Adonai? For me, he's a more sudden route runner and a guy that can run at all three levels and separate better right now than what I see from Keon to where he doesn't have to live 
in those contested catch situations and force guys like Josh, Josh Allen to where, look, we know he can make every throw in the book off-platform, off-platform, and into different windows, but not every quarterback wants to do that every single snap and on high leverage downs in third and eight, third and nine. So that's going to be a really fun, fun conversation to be had. But for wherever the Bills want to do late in the first round, whether it is beef up wide receiver, whether it is add some big bulk in the middle on the defensive line and a guy like Devondre Sweat or Byron Murphy from Texas as well if he's, if he's there, I think they're in a good spot to get a guy not just to come in and wear a jersey like Mozzie Smith did for the Cowboys this year, but a good guy that can produce as well. Let's talk about defensive line here, Ryan. Ryan Fowler, our guest, Mike Schopen, the Bulldog on WGR. The Bills have a situation where many – of their D linemen are headed to free agency unless they end up getting deals done, of course. But it looks like they're going to have some, you know, some losses there. Is the first round the right time for that to be addressed? I mean, at least for their number one pick uh, at that position, or is there enough depth maybe where you'd want to do that later? I, I wonder how D line compares to receiver in, in this way. I think that, look, if, if they're sitting there late in the first round and a guy like Byron Murphy from Texas is there, I would make that a prioritize. I would prioritize Byron and I would take him there. Now, if you're sitting there late in the first and a guy like Tavondre Sweat is there, I would pass. And the reason why I say that is because I think there is depth into later round, later portions of round two and into round three with a guy like Braden Fisk from Florida State, who when you get live eyes on this kid, I would not be shocked if he ends up being the best defensive tackle, one, three tech, and we're lining up at the zero in front of the center. And, and the best two, three years down the road, the best defensive tackle in this class. I think he's twitched up. I think he's a guy that can take on double teams, like you see from guys back in the 80s and 90s, and then the modern-day defensive tackle to push the pocket with consistency, not just with power, but with speed and with hands as well. And even more so, into round three or four with a guy like Marcus Harris from Auburn or Jordan Jefferson from LSU or a guy like Dwayne Carter from Duke, who's had a heck of a pre-draft process, is one of the most charismatic young men I've had a chance to meet in this pre-draft process to where I know Buffalo fans would love to have this guy in the locker room in their community for the next five to seven years. So there's a lot of depth at the defensive line position, defensive tackle position specifically, guys, to where if it's not Byron Murphy there in the late first round, I don't think they have to quote-unquote reach to grab a big body like Devondre Sweat there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know that the, the Bills maybe we'll see what they end up doing with Daquan Jones. He's one of those defensive linemen, a defensive tackle that's slated to become a free agent. Do you have a philosophy in general? Uh, I would imagine there would be exceptions if you do on grabbing the space eater guy, which is more. I mean, Jones is really both, but they've got Ed Oliver, who's more of the up the field penetrator guy, and. Jones has been more of the, like you know, take up the double teams. Do you prioritize one versus the other as far as using premium assets on them? Yeah, for me, if I'm using a first-round pick on a big boy in the middle, um, I'm not taking a guy like Jordan Davis. And it's not a hate like for, on Jordan Davis, but the concerns for Jordan coming out of, of Georgia were, wow, we saw him at the combine running a straight line 40 yards in, in <laughs> whatever it was under five seconds. That's great. But I need you to play on all three downs. And I need you to make an impact both in the run game and, like, as you mentioned, with what Ed Oliver does, upfield. I need that consistent push. Now, I'm not asking you to play 95% of the snaps. There's, there's not a single defensive tackle in football, maybe outside of Aaron Donald, or, or what we've seen from Ed Oliver, to play 95% of the snaps consistently week to week. Those are unique players, and that's why they're taken high in the draft. But when I look at what I would like, 
within the interior to where I can't allow teams to double my five techs off the edge like a Greg Rousseau or a Vaughn Miller, who's now getting later on in his career year by year. I want guys that can be able to push from the interior as well and force those one-on-one matchups to where you force teams really to say, look, pick your poison, or I'm going to force you into max protect and keeping in tight ends and keeping in running backs to counter my guys on the edge. So for me, I would prioritize guys that can play all three downs, maybe a bit lighter in the pants a little bit, 305, 310, 300 pounds, guy like Byron Murphy is, and be able to push the pocket a little bit from the interior. Ryan, what do you think happens at the top? The consensus now seems to be Chicago takes Williams and then maybe quarterbacks are the next two, and then Harrison. Would anything other than that surprise you very much? No, I, I do think Caleb Williams is the pick in Chicago. I Guys, personally, I would love to see Chicago continue to try to build around Justin Fields with Eberflus and Poles back and grab Harrison at one and build with D.J. Moore. They drafted Darnell Wright to live at right, right tackle. Braxton Jones has been nice at left tackle. They could grab another guy in the fringe round of the top ten, like a Tyler Geithner or Talese Fuaga, or if a Fashanu is there, they could grab him there. But I do think, guys, it is going to be Caleb Williams at one, Drake May at two to Washington, and then Jaden Daniels at three to New England, and then Marvin uh, at four to Arizona. I don't think that's really going to sway too much. Now, we'll see. We'll see. Every, we know that these boards change and things happen. Um, I'm excited to get to the combine in a few weeks, and those late nights at a prime steakhouse, for those out there, they know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Those late nights at prime where a lot of stuff is talked about what happens uh, in April. But um, I think that's how it's going to shape out top four, guys. Yeah, that's, that's right. How bullish are you on those top three quarterbacks? For me, I think Caleb is sensational. Um, I know that, look, the, the off-script stuff, the Patrick Mahomes comparisons, for some people when you hear Mahomes, you think, wow, that you're talking about potentially the best to ever do it at the position. Um, but off-script and the ability to throw legitimately from every arm angle, make every throw, is absolutely there. We say that a lot about quarterbacks as far as he has the arm talent to make every throw. Caleb Williams does. Um, with Drake May, I think there's been some narrative over these last few weeks, specifically with, I know Mel Kuyper, right, came out with something talking about Jaden Daniels to Washington. I don't see that specifically because I don't expect Washington to have Jaden featured as a major rushing portion of their offense. That's why I see Drake being there. But with Drake at North Carolina, the RPO-centric offense, I think when you get him in Washington, he does a nice job being able to understand when to step up and take a hit and make a throw and when to evade having Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson handing off to Brian Robinson. They're going to make additions along the front five. I think Drake May, for me, is absolutely a, an excellent quarterback to make every throw in the book as well, just like Caleb can, but he didn't have much help at, for the Tar Heels. And then Jaden Daniels, guys. I, I think he is, outside of Michael Penix, the best vertical thrower in this class. However, some of the stuff that we saw from RG3 back at Baylor, and then what I also saw from Hendon Hooker going from Virginia Tech to Tennessee and that spread out Josh Heupel offense where guys are just running verts on the outside with Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. That's what Jaden Daniels had with Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas. Oh, and then he had Logan Diggs in the backfield as well. So I'm not hating on Jaden Daniels. I think he's a heck of a talent, but I think moving into the next levels of his game to where he's, I have to see him take a little bit more mm-hmm. approach over the middle of the field, shallow intermediate areas to where he can be a multi-speed pitcher. Not everything has to be hundred miles an hour and the ability to stretch teams north-south and east-west with his legs as well. You mentioned Penix there. Um, is he your QB4, and if not, who is? He's not, no. J.J. McCarthy is going to be my QB4, and, and actually my, uh, Bo Nix is my QB5. And I actually have Spencer Rattler ahead of All Michael right. Penix, guys, for me. Um, I know a lot of people like Michael Penix, 
Um, but for me, I, I see some of the stuff I saw at Indiana, the, the lack of mechanics. He's an all-arm thrower, and that's fine. He's got a lot of talent. But I think it's really nice so when Romo Dunze and Jalen McMillan and Jalen Polk and handed off to Dylan Johnson in that offense. And I saw him at the Senior Bowl in a neutral environment. And for me, guys, it just flat out was not pretty. Now, for J.J. McCarthy, who is my QB4, it's a little bit of a projection, right? You watch that Michigan offense, and it's a lot of ground and pound, 70-style football. They should have aligned almost in that triple option at Georgia Tech or the old, you know, wing T and just run that thing down people's throat with Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards, and they could. But he is a projection a little bit, but I think he's athletic. I think he has the ability to sit in the pocket and dissect teams pre-snap, post-snap. So that's the reason why J.J. McCarthy is my QB4 in this draft. Just quickly, Ryan, two two short ones. Uh, who's your favorite running back, and where do you want to see Brock Bowers go, just to see the most out of him, most potential? Yeah, first one, Trey Benson from Florida State uh, is going to be my RB1 in this class. Uh, I think he does everything both as an RB1 and a flex weapon in space. I think he's underappreciated in that facet. And then for Brock Bowers, I would love to see him in New York at 10. Um, I know we keep talking in the industry as far as he's slipping to a 12 and 13, 14 He's a heck of a talent. He was pro-ready years ago. There's no concerns over the ankle injury that really affected him later on in the year from the scouts I've, I've talked to. Um, I would love to see him in New York, guys, with the Jets. I think Garrett Wilson needs some help. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, throwing him the football would be great. It would take pressure off of the offensive line a little bit. It would be a help in the, in the run game a little bit as well. Not a dominant blocker like his teammate like Darnell Washington was last year, but I would love to see Brock Bowers in New York as that flex piece for Aaron Rodgers in that offense. Ryan, you've given us a lot. Uh, anything you want to promote? How people can read more of your your uh, expectations for this draft and, and analysis? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on X. If you guys don't follow me there already, at underscore Ryan Fowler. All my written work, more audio and video content. How's that Bleach Report and the Draft Network? And I also have my podcast as well. Currently doing a uh, prospect interview series. A lot of the prospects out there with interviews, maybe about one or two coming out every single day as we get up to the combine and the draft. Ellis. Very good. Thanks for giving us uh, so much of your time today, Ryan. Absolutely. Thank you much. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Of course. Ryan Fowler, Bleacher Report, and the Draft Network. I wrote all of that down. Everything wow. he said. Wow. Every Good. name. Good. Well, yeah. not the not the uh linebackers. Send it to me in a in a fax. I'll I'll fax get, I'll, let me get my beeper. Fax it make a ditto copy of ditto. your notes and fax it to me. I'm not doing that because I didn't keep everything I, I wrote between the lines. I did cross a couple of lines here, so I don't think you'll like it. I'll have to re I'll write it over. Couple of new receiver names. Jamari Thrash, Louisville. Malik Washington. Couple of new names. Day two names. He likes Leggett in round one. Yeah. I didn't hear Troy Franklin's name in that conversation. At least uh, I don't think I did. Nope. 803-0550, want to talk draft with us? We did talk a little bit about a certain Bills game from three years ago uh, in the first hour, but never mind that. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. It's Friday. We'll have fun. This is WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 